0: Welcome to another episode of the Basketball Champions League Buzzer Beater podcast. This time, it's all of your favorite hosts together, Igor Chukovic, joining us from Croatia. Anthony Goods. I don't even know where you're joining from, Anthony, right now. Uh, Are are you in Madrid?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm in Spain for the moment.
0: I feel like for every single episode, you've been somewhere else
1: yeah no i'm actually i'm leaving today i'm going to venice so uh, Uh, there you go staying on the move move.
2: that's a tough tough life tough
1: life Hey man it's my girlfriend's birthday (laughs) man i gotta you know i gotta go spend some money
2: now (laughs) i'm jealous i'm jealous
0: well the third voice you just heard belongs to kyle wilcher who was on the winning roster of our current champions lenovo tenerife and who will also join us for today's episode ahead of the final four 2023 in malaga uh happening from may 12 to 14th if you have time make sure you join us on site or online on the stream let's talk a little bit about what happened ahead of this episode in the quarterfinals uh maybe let's go series by series and we start with the team that we was the only one to actually sweep through the quarterfinals. Unikaha, who played Uca uh, Morsia. Igor, maybe you first.
3: Yeah, I mean, the fact that they were the only ones who swept the series it feels like that happened like a month ago because we didn't have a game three over there, but just speaks volumes about Unikaha's quality this season that they were just able to, you know, like, do this without any stress just two games done deal let's go to the final four and you know they've done it the same unique way that we've praised them the entire season with 12 players all contributing all playing minutes from like 15 to 22 minutes nobody is nobody is being kind of burned out by this point and if you remember, like early in the season, I said that I wouldn't be surprised if Unicaja won three trophies this season. They picked up one; they're on route to win another one as they're posting the Final Four and have been the favorites here. So, not surprised the least bit that they swept the series and made the Final
0: Four. I think when you when we when we were preparing uh, some you know, info on the final four teams this week. You mentioned that it's so hard to pick a player uh, from this team as the minutes are so evenly distributed throughout the their roster.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is the, this is perfect for a coach, but it's a nightmare for all of us working in media and trying to figure out who's the MVP, who's on the first team, on the second team. Like, imagine you have a guy like, who is having a fine season, but you know, like he's not their most important player. Probably you have a guy like Kendrick Perry, whose numbers aren't as good as Joe Ragland's or Marcus Keane or DJ shorts, but he has been like a really good point guard that you can make a case for him to be in the star lineup first team. So it's more of a nightmare for us to pick one guy and you know, go traditionally like they're dependent too much on this guy but it's just the perfect balance for coach Navarro and it's his style. It's, it's been like that for a couple of teams now. And, you know, this is, this is just like something that we have to battle. Like, you know, uh, would you be surprised if Carter won the MVP, Brizuela, you know, Diaz probably with his defense. <laughs> you could mention that guy's here easily. Yeah. And,
1: I- and
2: I think I'll, I'll just chime in real quick, just cause, uh, Last year I was playing in the ACB, so I kind of got to see the Unicaja experiment. Uh, last year, you know, they they struggled last year, and I think it speaks volumes on that coaching staff as they just stayed true with it. And you know, I could, you know, we played them last year uh, when I was with Tenerife, and you know, you saw the talent, you saw the scores, but they they didn't really fit yet together as a as a unit. So for them to go and do what they've done early on in the season and and win that Super Copa and And, uh, you know, we've seen teams also win, have early success in the season and then kind of have that championship hangover. You know, we've all had a hangover one day, uh, one time or another, you know, so, uh, but they, they just kind of wiped that off. They put that to the back burner and now their, their sights are on a a champions league trophy. So uh, I think it's incredible what they've been able to do. And uh, it's been fun. You know, me, I'm all the way in China. The time zones are messed up, but I'm always tuned into the Basketball Champions League. I'm always watching all the Europe leagues. So, for me, it's been fun as a fan, you know, especially playing in the ACB, seeing the success of all these Spanish teams.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, too, like, this is, we were talking about on an earlier episode, like, Unicaja was starting to peak, you know, just overall, you know, in the domestic league and Champions League and whatnot. And now, as Igor mentioned, they've had this break, you know, and as a team, there's, there's a different mindset and going into playoff basketball versus like, okay, we're just going through our regular season. So they had the playoff taste and now they had this break. I'm really interested to see how they come out off of the break, you know, with teams, you know, like bond who kind of had their wake up call and then they got it back rolling and, and and things like that. But uh, I'm really interested to see if, uh, if this little short uh, rest period has helped them or, um, or maybe it's gonna hurt them in the uh, in the end, but you know it, it remains left to be seen. It goes
3: with the, with with the media, you know how we spin it. Usually, if the break is going on and they c- come back and look good, then we go, oh yeah, they look relaxed. Right. But if they come back and they don't look good, ah oh, yeah, the break was too long. It's the rust now. So the <laughs> you we can spin it either way. I mean. Right. But I have a question for both of you, especially Kyle. I mean. If you noticed, Unicaf already started giving up new contracts to the players. Like they signed a couple of long term contracts already in this part of the season. They didn't want to wait for the offseason. Does that kind of take the, you know, like the, the mentality of having to fight for a contract to give another 10% on the court? Or does it make you more relaxed? Like now you're secure. Now you can just focus on basketball and play your best style?
2: Yeah, I mean you 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 literally read my mind. I was going to talk about that next and I think for 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 that team, I think it it because their culture is so strong and right now they're playing so unselfish like you you spoke about before. I think when you bring the contracts, they're they're rewarding that culture. You know, they've had this early success and a lot of times you see teams you know, they kind of, because you get wrapped up in a season, they don't do the smartest move. And I think uh, Malaga is doing it right. They have something that's working. They have a formula. And by signing all these guys back, now they don't have to think about that in the back of their mind. They can just go and hoop, you know, and I think basketball, uh, being a professional athlete, that's kind of one of the hardest things sometimes is wondering what's next. You know, you're, you're close to the end of the season. And and I do, it. it's just that it's a natural human instinct. It's like, man, where am I going to be at in, in two months, you know, instead of just staying in the moment. So now these guys are in this beautiful city, Malaga, you know, Malaga is one of my second homes. I have a home there. So uh, it's a beautiful city. But then when you you put the basketball stuff aside and you know you're going to come back for another year, now they can just hoop and, and ball out. So I think that rest period is going to be great for them. They're going to come energized and they're going to just play Malaga basketball.
1: And I think, too, at the there's only so many times in your career where you're on the verge of doing something special you know so i think like regardless of what the issue is like even if they were having financial problems you know when you're two wins away it's like all right let's let's put the bs aside because at the end of the day you know obviously it's a job you play for money but you know once you retire the only thing you have is your memories your accolades and you know, and I think that winning something like a, uh, the Basketball Champions League championship, I'm sure, as, as Kyle knows, um, you know, that's special. And that's something that, you know, you'll never forget. Uh, so I, I'm sure, regardless of the situation, I'm sure these guys are going to be fired up, you know, no matter the case.
0: For Onikaha, it's also, I think, a special case Since, you know, the whole season, uh, when it comes to the league, but also to BCL, we have uh, back and forth games. We have uh, one game at home. We have one game on the road. And even if you mess up one game, you can still make adjustments. And the next time you play that team, um, you'll be more prepared. Um, But in the Final Four, it's a do or die game. You either win or you lose. So from the teams that we have at Final Four, Unicara is one of the two that won um a series of do or die games this season to already win a trophy jerusalem is the other one who won the israeli cup um but on their way to the trophy they beat the best teams in spain right now so does that give them the edge or the advantage in the final four as well
3: oh yeah i would say so yeah. yeah Uh, they they must be feeling like they're the guys to beat. You know, I'm gonna take like a little thing called uh, football parallel. <laughs> so just recently, like a team from my city from Split, their under 19 guys reached the final of the UEFA Youth League, which is the biggest event here. So it was just a remarkable event because they beat teams like Manchester City like Borussia Dortmund, so by the time they got to the Final Four, you could hear them out when they were standing in the tunnel before the game. They said stuff like, we've already beaten the toughest teams. We're not the ones who are supposed to be afraid of the other guys. So it kind of applies to Nikaha because they know they've done this. They've They've beaten everybody this season, so this is their tournament to win. It's like they've got nothing to be afraid of. It's more like Other teams have to look at what Unicaja is doing instead of Unicaja, just worrying about anything else. When it comes to Unicaja, it's just a matter of coming out, playing, and doing their thing for 40 minutes. Doesn't matter who's on the other end.
0: Very true. Let's move on to the next series. Maybe we will talk about um, the other Spanish team. Uh, Tenerife played Amanresa. In the quarterfinals, best of three went to game three, uh, basically a rematch of last year's final stretched out over three games. Kyle, maybe you can tell us a little bit of how how it is to play uh, Pedro Martinez team.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, that was one of our toughest games all year. They're, they're a well-coached team. I mean, it just speaks volumes on Spanish basketball again. I mean, you see all these successes. You got the Euro Cup, the, obviously the Euro League. And you got now Champions Leagues of all these Spanish teams dominating. And um, I think, you know, just kind of going back to that ACB is like, you can play a bottom team. and You're not going to get an easy win. You have to show up every night. So Manresa, you know, they play hard. They got good athletes. So that was not an easy series for Tenerife. And I know there was extra motivation last year or this year because of last year you know, we kind of dominated that final and got the trophy. And I know uh, Coach Martinez wanted that revenge, but they played their hearts out. It was a great team. But, uh, you know, Tenerife is a monster. I love, I, because I was part of that program. They just play like, they play like it. Everyone's, they got that same culture. Everyone plays 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. It's unselfish. You kind of don't know who to stop. You got shooters around the perimeter. You got big Shermadini who's just like, He's like fine wine. He's just aging <laughs> so 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 beautifully. You know, this guy continues to ball out, man. I, I hooped with him uh, in uh, in Malaga actually, which is, is which is ironic. So, uh, and I thought he was he was going to slow down, but he's not slowing down anytime soon. So they're 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 a great team, and uh, I'm excited that they made it as well.
1: What do you think? What do you think makes Tenerife just such this? well oiled machine. Do you think it's the coaching? Do you think it's the culture in the locker room? Is it a mix? Um what what have what have you seen from your experience to there that, you know, is playing out now, that they're able to just have this continued success?
2: Yeah, I think it's uh it starts with the head of the monster. That's that's Coach Chuce Vitoretta. I mean the guy the guy is actually a genius. You know, I got to see it firsthand coming out of timeouts, uh, his system, he has his base system, but he's able to adapt. And I think uh, when we won the Champions League last year, um, you know people knew our system and knew, but they couldn't stop it because there's always two, three options for every play. So I think uh, you know that's what that's what makes us so so hard. I, I say us as if I'm part of the program still. <laughs> but I, but in in my heart, in my heart, I'm still on the close. so uh, no, but it, that starts and then you got guys like Marcelino Huertes, Bruno Fittipaldo, uh, point guard position. You got shooters. You know Dorna Cap, and then the, the pieces they've added have only boosted their roster. You know Elgin Cook. I'm a huge fan of his game. Uh, I watched him at Oregon, and he's he's just a defensive minded player. He'll go and dunk on you quick. So you add that athleticism piece with the already well oiled machine, uh, and then you got guy coming from the NBA. So I just that's that's my favorite to win it all still. Um, so I'm just I'm rooting for them too. So I'm a little biased with this with this pick. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, I think that they're just a tough team. Do you think, you think that- they're
3: stronger this season than last year when you won it? I mean, you're gone, so they're better on defense already.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say, I will say they got they got better defensively, but I think they're just as good or or better. I think they might be better than last year just because of the pieces they've added. They were just they're just so deep now at the three position because last year. Um, I want to say we played Dorner camp, very heavy minutes. And so now, now you added those pieces in there that now it's like, now everyone's truly playing 20 minutes and staying fresh. And there's no egos on that team either. Um, it could be a different person scoring 20 every night.
0: Do you think being the reigning champ does something to that team or they're so well-oiled that for them, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if they won it last year, they want to win it this year?
2: Yeah, I think they, they're just competitive bunch. I mean, um, I think one of the, the most competitive guys I've played with is Marcelino Hortes. You know, that guy is just a a fierce competitor. You know, when you get up to his age, you know, uh, he's probably gonna be mad at me for saying, but when you get up to that age, like, you know, you could lose that fire. But he play he plays like a twenty year old, you know, plays every possession hard. You see him if he makes a turnover, he's 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 angry, you know, at himself. So that... When you have a guy like that competitive, I think it creates, it, it kind of takes the nerves out of it being a reigning champ, but also they have uh, they have to try to defend it. But, uh, you know, kind of talking about the other side is, you know, they, they're going to have to face some tough teams. And when it's not a best of three, when it's a one-game elimination, you know, anything can happen. You see the NCAA March Madness, you know, you got upsets left and right. So uh, both Mulligan and Tenerife, they got to come come prepared because it's going to be a tough Final Four, That's uh, without a doubt.
3: I got a couple of trivia uh, stuff for Marcelino when you mentioned him. So he is now 39, about to turn 40. And with 12.7 points per game this season, this has been his best scoring international campaign ever. (laughs) So he's improving in scoring at 39. And the other fact is that he was the person who dished out the last assist to Kobe Bryant back in 2016. He could have said after that, I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. That's it. I not <laughs> get any better. But we can all thank him for keeping it going now, and he's in his fourth season with Tenerife. He told me he plans to play until Paris Olympics next year, so ah, looking forward to it because I'm a big, big Marcelino fan.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm. I might have to try to get a jersey and wear it to the Final Four. I'm. I'm just as big of a <laughs> big of a fan. When you're, when you're, a sh- when you're a shooter like me, he was finding me the ball. So, man, guys love playing with him. That guy's a. That guy's a monster. And, and I think adding those pieces is what's what's uh, helped him with his scoring. You know, You've, now that you have all those different pieces, I think now he's able to hit that that deadly uh that deadly pull up or or floater that people people have nightmares about.
1: Yeah, I got a question with, uh, so with where to, like, I always think playoff basketball, especially, well, more so in the series, but in general, I think, uh, this is where point guards and coaches earn their money. You know what I mean? Because you're so heavily scouted, you have to adjust on the fly. Um, so him as a point guard, can you talk about, you know, what is his mentality? What was What did you see different in him come playoff time? Like did his demeanor change or did he just keep everything the same? And, how did he manage those games as you guys went on to win?
2: I think what uh, what makes him so special and then also Tenerife too is we didn't skip any steps, you know. It's it's every day in the weight room. You know, Huertes takes care of his body like you can't imagine. Like he's not drinking the team water, he's got his own special water, you know, like he's he takes that extra step, you know, that that special guys only only possess, you know, he doesn't skip steps. He's uh, you know, he has a good time. He's relaxed. But he also I think what makes him deadly come playoffs is he's seen it all through his career. He's but because he he keeps that consistency when the playoff starts, when a lot of guys start getting nervous or start losing that focus, he, he locks in and, and he just reads whatever the defense is gives and it gives him. And I think when you have a great coach like choose, it really it really uh, amplifies his his talent.
3: Just a bounce on that, uh, Anthony, um, one thing that I've noticed about Tenerife and how they perform so well in games like these and why it is a well-oiled machine, guys keep coming back to truth. Um, he coached Marcelino back in Bilbao. He coached Jaime Fernandez in Estudiantes. He coached Prangera in Estudiantes. Uh, Dornakamp and Abramaitis both left Tenerife and came back to his system. So, you know, like, At a certain point, it becomes like a habit, just like a familiar environment that they're able to excel in.
0: I think that's a great note to end on for Tenerife. And to move on to uh, the third series, um, another definitely interesting one, Jerusalem versus Ike. Jerusalem being the Israeli State Cup winners, so already, also with one title this season, how far do we think they can go? They're meeting Tenerife in the semifinal. Uh, the first game on Friday, the twelfth of May. What's what's in it for them?
1: I got a hot take. I think. Honestly, I think. I mean, I think they protect the rim. I think they got the guard play. I mean, speedy, speedy Smith, Kadeem Carrington. Like they defend. They uh, they can score the ball in bunches and then you know and I think at the at the end of the day man I think the you know rebounding and blocking shots is gonna be or rebounding and protecting the rim I think is gonna be extremely important. Um, I got them. I, I think they can beat Tenerife. I think the I think the run stops. I think the run stops here, man. I've been uh, I've been really impressed with Jerusalem though. I got a chance to see them live uh, during the regular season of BCL, and um, I was just really impressed with. At all five positions, you know, just the effort that they give, you know, they gang rebound um, and uh, yeah, they play physical. And I think, you know, the guards will get up into you. And then on the other end, you know, they get paint touches. And I think that's uh, extremely important. Um, so obviously, you know, Tenerife's going to control the pace and, and things of that nature. But uh, I'm excited to see Jerusalem if they if they play to their potential.
3: Yeah, in terms of pace, Tenerife are among the slowest, if not the slowest team of the BCL. But that won't work against Jerusalem because um, Coach Cikic likes to keep his rotation short. He's playing like eight guys uh, per night. And he's playing physical. He's playing defense first, as all Balkan coaches do. <laughs> so basically, like this is going to be a clash of styles in terms of Jerusalem trying to be physical and keeping a short rotation and Tenerife trying to do their flow thing with 10 guys getting touches, probably even 12 in the semifinals. And it's, as Ana noticed uh, in a chat that we had like a couple of days ago, it's a similar Final Four situation to last year when Tenerife had to face an Israeli team in the semis. So basically, like, it wasn't wasn't like... uh, blowout game against Holon, and I'm not sure that that Holon side is better than this Jerusalem side. So in a one game, <laughs> it is a hot take, Anthony, but it's not that crazy. I mean, yeah. especially because they've also won it, you know? Like, they 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 know how to win close games. They beat Maccabi to win the cup final in Israel. That's, that's as big as it gets, so there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's not... As much as I want my squad to win, I don't think it's a hot take at all. Because uh, they once you get to this stage of the game, and and based off of the, they're they're, they're just they're just as battle tested as these other teams. You know, Malaga, in uh, the ACB. You know, they're they're having to go in their domestic league and play some real tough games. And like you said, you got to see them live. And I think there's nothing better to uh, make a hot take than seeing someone and pass that eye test. You know, they got a a tough team, and I think it's gonna. It's it's always fun when you have two co- contradicting styles playing each other because it's going to make for a good a good game and, and you know it's another well coached team. I'm familiar with the coach because uh, he recruited me a couple times over the years. I've I've been on the phone with him so I'm familiar with him and and he has a great style of play as well and he gets his teams to always play hard. So it's going to be a great game. Oh, it's not just the style of play. He's got a great
3: style generally, like with his little. <laughs> The best, come on, he's the best coach. I love it
0: so much for sure. All right, let's move on to the the last uh, last series that was Bonn against Strasbourg. Bonn taking the series two to one. How how far do we have Bonn going in the final four? Do they have a chance against Unicaja playing at home? In this final four, which I think is going to be a huge factor, that they're playing in Spain in front of this crowd in Malaga.
2: They, they for sure, they got the toughest task in my opinion. You know, I think that's a little unfair that it's in Malaga. You know, with the fans, but but man, uh, they're another tough team. And I and I'll start with the major point I have, where how they can make them competitive is. When you get to the final four in, in these big games guard play is huge they got one of the best guards in Champions League so you know i've been I've been watching you know i've I can't watch a lot of their games uh, because of the time change but I'm tuned into the social channels of basketball champion leagues and I've seen a lot of bond highlights so they got an entertaining <laughs> squad and and uh, I think they they can make it happen if they can put up enough points because it's a one game elimination so they could they can definitely do it
0: or
3: yeah? I mean, I mean, DJ Schwartz is just it's unreal, it's unreal. And if they go all the way, not even if they go all the way, I mean, I'm, I'm having a hard time figuring out if he can be stopped to win the MVP of the season award now that he's got here to the final four, which is kind of weird because we his college teammate was the MVP last season, Chima Monica. So now we could have back-to-back guys who were college teammates winning the MVP awards here. But I mean, TJ Shorts is just amazing. And the fact that they're playing against the hosts, um, they're the underdogs, kind of suits them, you know, because they're not the big-name team. They don't have a lot of silverware in their trophy room. It's not like they won a bunch of stuff, so everybody's expecting them to win. You have to respect the fact that they are currently number one in the Bundesliga, that they had probably no issues in reaching the final four. So, you know, like, I've, this is my hot take. I think Bonner are going to win the whole thing. And I really do, because it's not just TJ Shorts, it's the energy, it's the confidence that they have. And we saw a clip over the weekend, they played uh, for the top spot in the German league and they had to beat Alba by six. And it was a five game or so uh, with the last two minutes, they got a block, a steal, went the other way for the fast break. And you know how coaches usually go in that condition, like get a layup, get fouled, do something smart. Nah, not born. They went for the off the backboard for the dunk. (laughs) to get the title and win the first place in the Bundesliga in the regular season. So this is the kind of confidence that we're talking about and exactly the kind of confidence that you need to stun the crowd in Malaga to kind of show Europe that this is the new big team from Germany because they haven't been around. This is their first Final Four. They had some successes earlier on in Korach Cup and the Saporta Cup in the 90s, but this is their big stage now.
2: I was gonna say, I was gonna say, my hot take is, I think that T.J. Shorts is gonna be the first on Swish Cultures. <laughs> 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 he's, a, he's gonna be the first for the mixtape for the BCL Final Four. So, <laughs> hey man, I'm, I'm I'm a huge fan of his game. So shout out to him. I think he's gonna make it a fun game. And like I said before, guard plays huge. So as long as they got him at the at the front and scoring baskets, I think they got a good chance. But I think it's gonna be tough for them to overcome overcome Malaga just because I think I think Malaga is going to be locked in defensively, and I think they're going to get it done in, in front of that home crowd. I was
1: going to mention
2: I, I, I'm I'm excited to see the the
1: the head up matchup. You know, Kendrick Perry and uh, T.J. Shorts. You know, what I mean, it's uh, you know, it's two small guards, quick, tough, gritty. Um, I, I'm excited for all of the matchups, honestly. But the but the point guard matchups uh, in specific, I think uh, are, are going to be great during this Final Four, especially during the uh, during the Malaga game. So. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting for sure. But I think, uh, I think TJ and them are probably gonna win the whole thing. I think they're gonna they're gonna play Jerusalem, then they're gonna, you know, they're gonna beat Jerusalem. You know, confetti's gonna go on the air, and then we're gonna run back to episodes when I said Bond was gonna win it, and then <laughs> that's gonna wrap the season.
0: Well, Igor, Igor had some trivia earlier, but I have some now. So Bond has been playing quite a lot of finals over the years. But they've never won anything. So they've been the eternal second everywhere in in the German league or uh, even like international competitions that they played. They've never won a title. So this could be the squad that right now they're on route to bring maybe even two titles this season to Bonn. And I think energy wise, they definitely have it in them uh, i definitely agree with with anthony i i read a comment like yesterday or the day before i think it was yesterday after or even under the post of the play that igor just mentioned with the dunk off the off the backboard that said um you know there's always been the three big bees in germany uh berlin bayern and bamberg but these guys just put bon onto that list or even pushed someone else off. We're not gonna mention who that is, but you know. Mm. Um, But this is, I think this is uh, very much on point when it comes to that team. They have such a good chemistry. They kept most of their roster from last year and they added or Isolo added just the right pieces onto that squad to make it even better and to improve and to give them maybe that edge that couldn't give them the final or the the title last year so maybe you know I think even like t- all of these four teams I think w- probably we're all on the same page all of these four teams could potentially take it if they have you know a golden weekend they all have it in them to go home with that title I think it's going to be a great weekend for uh, for basketball, a great couple of games that we're going to see. So uh, super exciting stuff to come, May 12th to 14th. Make sure to tune in. Let's move on to the second part of our podcast. Kyle, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your Final Four experience last year. How was it being in Bilbao? In Spain, playing a Final Four, BCL Final Four in Spain, uh, walk us through it a little bit.
2: Um, I think the first thing I'll say is uh, because I played Champions League, I think uh, three years, three or four years. So I played uh, back with Turk Telecom. And so I would just say getting in that Final Four, I came short a couple of times with the, my Turkish teams. So there was that extra internal motivation, even though I wasn't with the same club. Uh, and then also just seeing where the Champions league was to where it is now has been huge steps. You know, I've, I, I always speak so highly of stuff I really believe in and I've over the years voiced out how good the socials been, how good the, you know, the whole production in terms of the lead up to games, the commentators, everything. It's been, a, a, just an amazing competition. So shout out to the champions league for that, but man, to win it, to win a trophy at the professional level, there's nothing better, you know? I came up short uh, my first couple of years in Europe, you know, I've been on some really good teams. I, you know, I played on Malaga. We lost in the Euro Cup semis to another Spanish team. So th- that kind of buildup is what makes a moment winning a trophy so special, you know, people just see the the emotion of winning that particular game. But for me, I was short a couple of times and I failed leading up to that moment. So. Uh, With 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 Tenerife, that was one of the major reasons I chose that club. You know, uh, there were some teams where I probably would have played more minutes, probably would have scored some more points. But I chose Tenerife because I wanted to be part of a team that uh, had a chance to win a championship. So, uh, you know, it was it was a blast. We had a great time and we got to do it in Spain in our coach's home city, which was uh, Bilbao. So it was it was a fun, a fun night, to to say the least.
3: Yeah, you could
2: in bone shoes because
3: they're the underdogs now against the hosts Um, you didn't play against the hosts, but there was like five to six thousand of manessa fans in the final what was it like to play against such a crowd in spain you know i mean it must have felt great when you hit those shots especially in the third quarter when kind of it stunned them silenced them for a moment
2: yeah, I mean, it was it was incredible because even if you rewind it back to the semi, we're playing Halone and uh, these fans travel like you can't imagine. I mean, it's like I'm I'm thinking, OK, we're in Spain, you know, I'm OK, I play for Tenerife. Now, Tenerife is pretty far from Bilbao. That's what people just think. Oh, Tenerife is, you know, Tenerife is <laughs> down by Africa. It's, it's down there. So, you know, and, and it's it's a smaller island, so there's not a t- we have a great home supporting fan base, but they didn't travel as well as Halone. Alone fans were everywhere, and then we, we were able to kind of grind out that game. We didn't even play that great, and we won, get to the final. You know, we're getting to the arena, and there's just a sea of red, a sea of Manresa fans, and I typically don't get nervous for basketball games anymore. I'm just at that point where I just go out. I give it my best, but I'm not gonna lie, when I was walking through getting yelled at by all these Manresa fans, I felt I felt a little nervous. So like you said, I, I had a little extra motivation uh, that game just because of the yelling of all the fans and stuff like that. So it made it that much more special for us because it, it felt like we won an away game in a weird way.
1: Now, winning a championship is obviously special, but you know, scoring 17 points and winning a championship is probably a little sweeter. Can you uh, can you talk about your your feelings like as soon as like the the final buzzer you know rang and you know you uh, you realize like okay everything we worked for this season has been accomplished at least in this setting.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was uh, because we had uh, we had games leading up to that where we grinded them out one by one, one by two. We had to play Karsheka in the semi or uh, semis, yeah, or before the semis and uh, so it was it wasn't easy you know so to get that far and then you know win that game and have that that celebration because you work all year you know over playing overseas is a grind I mean there's days you wake up people don't see those days where you don't feel like going to the gym and lifting weights or you don't feel like going to the video session so all those video sessions everything and made it worth it and then the cherry on top, you know, you see Anthony Goods makes you a little seventeen point mixtape, <laughs> so so that was like that was the the instant instant Instagram repost. So all the because it, it, I mean nowadays if it's not on Instagram it didn't happen. So it's it's there for it's it, it's there for life. So man, I, it was uh, it was pretty special, and uh, I definitely uh, it's gonna be weird watching watching them play because uh, you know I'm still close with all those guys. I talk to them all the time, so. Part of me is going to be jealous they're out there, but I'm going to be rooting every step of the way for them.
0: How hard is it going to be for you sitting in the arena? Because you're going to be there um, at yeah. the Final Four this year. How hard is it going to be there uh, to be there and not run out on the court and be like, ah, let, let me help, let me yeah. help?
2: <laughs> well, well, I'll correct you. I'll correct you there because if if Tenerife wins, I'm going to be wearing a sh- uh, either Cuertes or Shermadini jersey. You're gonna see me on the court. You're gonna be like, they're gonna have to kick me off the court. You know, so no, nah, <laughs> I'm just messing. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stunt on their time. But uh, I'm gonna be a, a huge fan, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be a cool moment for me, just because you know those are my friends, and also I had, it's been a while since I've been able to just go to a game as a fan. You know, so for me, it's the first year I played in China, in China, and you know I'm really blessed because I'm able to. You know kind of change the life of for my family and I'm really and it's a tough league to get into over here. so I was really blessed to get over here and then it's my first season that the season's shorter than Europe. so I'm gonna be able to be at the final four supporting some of my friends and and you never know I, I hope to be in Europe again you know someday because I obviously have a house there and uh, I'm a huge fan of the European game. so it'll be fun for me to see some high level basketball and and I'm appreciative uh, you know for you guys having me on and Hopefully give me two tickets. <laughs>
0: we'll 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 think about it after after we finish the episode.
3: Yeah, please. But Kyle, you, you spoke about Marcelino and his preparation and everything that he does, but talk about shermadini Like I've followed him since he was an under eighteen player. Has he ever gotten angry? <laughs> He always seems in a good mood, like <laughs> he's thirty four now I've never seen him angry. he feels like he's just gliding through life
2: <laughs> oh you, you know it's funny as if if he uh if he watches the podcast he's gonna laugh at that statement because if you know if you know big Geo he gets angry he he gets angry so you, it's uh he's a he's another guy that just he's like Cortez. he wants to win in the worst way and you know and those guys like it doesn't matter how many years if, if we if we follow 10 years from now and if those guys are playing in the men's league, they're going to try to kill you in the men's league, you know. So so those are those are my first two draft picks for my over 50 league is, is Fuertes <laughs> and Sherman And uh, I think I think we're going to have a, a killer big three, us three. And I might I might throw Sasu Selene in there as well. <laughs>
1: I think they might be drafting you. They're a little older. You know what I mean? They might be drafting you. Yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) I still, I, I, I hopefully got a lot, a lot of left. I'm going to try to follow their footsteps.
0: What is maybe one thing you remember very fondly from the final four last year? Was it winning the trophy? Was it like something that happened even after the ceremony? Was it something that happened before or, um,
2: I think uh, the one thing that stood out to me was, like, we had, we had a comfortable lead. I think we were up by, like, 10 points, 12 points with, like, two minutes. But there was no, like, no one felt like we were going to win yet. There were, it was still, like, this nervous tension. And I think there was one play. I think Cuertes kicked it out to me, and I hit a three. And I think we put us up, like, 13 or something. And as while I was running down, I just saw Coach Chuce excited with energy. And he's usually very cool and collected. So at that moment, I knew we were winning and we won the game. And then so as soon as that final buzzer, because as a competitor, you can never get too comfortable in a championship. So, man, when that final buzzer hit and we just all jumped around each other, because it's like we all went through the same grind together, you know, to get to that point. So it was just like all that hard work, hard work. You know, it just was that it was that final moment that was like it was it.
0: Let's uh maybe talk about the your experience this year. After um you left Tenerife, you went to China to play there. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're playing the playoffs right now. Are you gonna win yes, a yes. championship in China as well, or?
2: The the goal is I'm gonna come to the final four champion. That's the goal. Uh, that's the goal. So there we're in go. the semifinals right now. We're in the semifinals now. Um, it's actually a pretty crazy story because our team you know, went through a lot of injuries this year um, and uh, we, we were kind of on the verge of not making the playoffs and we'd won, to finish the regular season, we won 13 in a row and then we we swept the first round of playoffs and, and then uh, won a really tough series our second round against a team that had, hadn't had not made the final four in the last 20 years. So. We were the, it was kind of a different scenario. We were the underdog. So to get that, that last round, it took a lot out of us. Um, So right now we're down 0-1 in the the semis, best of five. So we hopefully will turn it around. We're on the road right now. So it's been a blessing though. You know, um, it's, it's a lot of people don't know about the Chinese Basketball Association, but it is tough to get in because there's only a couple foreigners on every team. It's kind of like Spain. It's limited amount of jobs and, um, and it's one of those those things that it's a it's so far away from home, it's tough for a lot of guys to come over here. But once you're over here and you really buy in to the culture and, you know, you really have an open mind, it's been a, a wonderful year for me. And I'm just blessed to be able to play the game and see see the world. You know, I've been all over the place. And uh, I do miss Europe a little bit. You know, my my wife and, and baby girl are actually in Spain right now and Malaga holding it down. So uh, I miss the miss the sun out there. But... Uh, I'm just trying to finish strong. And, and like I talked about before, it's easy for guys to kind of lose that focus at the end of the year just because you're so close to seeing your family. But I'm locked in out here and, you know, just had to practice right before the podcast. So I'm I'm still working out here just trying to finish strong. And uh no, China's great guys i uh if the Wi-fi breaks out I have another another little wi-fi box that's been the biggest challenge out here is the wi-fi but other than other than that man I love it it's it's been a great year for me so i'm 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 lucky
3: you you can you can access all the social media
2: yeah I, I have like uh you have to basically for any of the stuff like from the states like my gmail my all my twitter Instagram, you have to use a VPN. Uh, yeah. But as, lo- as long as you have the VPN, it's uh, it's been pretty good. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I struggled a lot. I was in China for the World
3: Cup in 2019. It was it was just a horrible horrible experience for a month there. I, w- I was in Wuhan before it got cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh wow, yeah, that's crazy. No, it's it's funny because when I when I went with uh, for the World Cup as well, it was like I remember that as well. So when I came over here, that's what I'm expecting. But now that I've been, like, kind of had that transition and they've gotten me set up with, like, a China phone, everything, like, I feel like I'm in the States for the most part. Like, the hotels I'm in are just unbelievable. I'm, mm-hmm. like, eat, eating good food. The Wi-Fi is amazing. So, honestly, it's been, like, once you figure it out, once you're an actual basketball player here living, like, long term, um, I have no complaints. How's your diet out there? You know, my diet's great. Uh, when, I first, when I first got here there was definitely a transition. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know all the spots, but I'm huge. And I always hit up the previous Americans. So mm-hmm. I, I, last year had Jaleel Okafor. And so he was a mentor, you know, before I signed and then I luckily have a translator out here. And so now that I have kind of the go-to spots, I'm eating healthy. I'm locked in and, uh, um, trying to channel my inner Marcelino. <laughs> you
0: just, um, so you, grew up in the u.s um you played uh, for a long long time in europe you just told us that you have a you even have a home in malaga your family is there um what was your thought process behind moving out of europe for this year after winning a championship in uh with tenerife
2: yeah i mean uh, we won the championship in t- tenerife and uh, it was a really tough decision, you know, leaving, but uh, you know, to be honest with you, it was a, you know, financial decision. Bass block here is, is insane. I mean, like I wouldn't say like you're going into as hostile environments as Europe, you know, Anthony could speak on some of these games he's been to. I've been, I just watched, you know, the video about partisan and the, and red star and stuff, stuff of those is, but the difference out here is, it's just so many people in the population and there's, 20, 30,000 in these arenas just cheering for a good basketball game. You know, they just love basketball. They find our hotels. They're, they're, it's, it's, there's just a craziness about the game, and I think it just shows how global the game has gotten, you know? And, and I played my rookie, rookie season uh, with the Houston Rockets, and these fans out here are bringing Rockets jerseys with my names on it. Like, and granted, I was a rookie. I didn't play any minutes they know who they knew who I was. They knew I was in the NBA. I, they knew I was with James Harden. I'm signing. I've signed hundreds of pictures of me and James Harden together. You know, they just they, <laughs> they just they they care so much about the game out here, and and I saw that as an opportunity. You know, I I've worn Nike shoes my whole life, but this whole year I've been wearing Li Ning because. You know, it's, I'm just trying to embrace the culture and, and I'm trying to put on for the city and also just buy in. You know, I don't know if I'm going to be back here next year. I don't know where I'm going to be at, but to answer your question, it was just a huge opportunity in a league that's typically known to signing a guys fresh off the NBA. So for me, coming from a championship, uh, my coach wanted to bring in two players. He took a different approach uh, than a lot of Chinese teams. He wanted to take two guys from Europe who who were had winning culture so he chose me and a guard named Will Cummings who played in Paris Um, so for for us we got an opportunity that sometimes doesn't come around for guys playing in Europe so I just took it with open arms and you know it was tough for me at the time but like I said I'm just trying to take care of my family and put us in a a position you know because I'm not getting any any younger out here
1: (laughs) hey can you talk about the the pressure you know, in regards to playing in China and how it's different from Europe, because I mean, even with the contract structures and everything like that in, in China. And I remember back in the day when I was playing with uh, with D Brown and when he was fresh off the league, he went and played in China. And he said, uh, you know, he would have twenty five and ten and the GM would come up to him like, yo, what happened? Why didn't you have 30? You know what I mean? Yeah. So can yeah. you talk about the difference in the in the pressures of playing in, in China versus uh, Europe?
2: Yeah, there's uh, an insane amount of pressure just because people want, you know, I think that's kind of globally is people want to win, you know, and it's the same here. Uh, You know, if you're not winning, your job's on the line because if if you're a first year player, uh, your contract's not like fully guaranteed for the whole season. So I took a huge risk at the beginning of the year uh, because, you know, like I said, it's a seven month season. You're kind of broken up into increments of two months guaranteed, two months and then three. But for me, um, I just didn't think about that because at the end of the day, if I just was here for the first two months, I would be making you know enough money to kind of have my time to sign with another team in Europe. So I took that risk. And, you know, seven months down the road, I'm still here. I'm still standing. So for me, it really I'm very blessed because, like you said, there is a, there is a lot of pressure to win. And um, I just came in here and just tried to keep that mentality that I brought to Europe, that winning mentality. I wanted to. I'm a scorer, but I I try to play the game the right way. You know, I'm not going to overdo it out there. I'm going to try to get my teammates involved. And I think that, along with, you know, just bringing a professionalism is what allowed me to stick over here. And then also, you know, we had a couple huge winning streaks that helped as well. So um, I'm just lucky, you know, just to be still be here because there is a high turnaround out here just because people want to win. And that's kind of the same in Europe as well.
3: I spent a month in China. I learned zero Chinese. Did you learn any Chinese in the seven months? I
2: I have my I have my uh my base. You know I got hello, good morning. When I get in the, they have itty, uh They have a thing called diddy which is like Uber. So first thing I ask for is the Bluetooth, so I can get the music on. So I know <laughs> I know Bluetooth, Bluetooth. I know water. I, see, I got the basics down. I got <laughs> I got that, but. But it's a tough language to understand because it's uh it's tough it's just it's all over the place if you haven't heard it.
0: What's been your favorite thing of playing in China or being in China this past year?
2: I would say the biggest, the most rewarding thing is when I first got here. COVID was still a thing, um, you know. So we were we played the first two months I want to say in a bubble. So we basically didn't have any fans and I didn't get to experience China. So the most rewarding thing is when the doors opened back up, when when life kind of got back to normal and they let fans in that first game in the arena, I, I walked in, I couldn't believe what I was looking at, you know, just a sea of people. And it's, it's just to see that love they have for the game and kind of what I said is like, you'll be at a home game and they're definitely, you got that home court atmosphere. But if the other team makes a good play, they're still kind of going off the energy because they just appreciate good basketball. So I think that for me, seeing just a different culture and the way that they've embraced the foreigners, because everywhere we go, they just they idolize basketball so much that they really appreciate us coming and playing in their country. So I think for me, just seeing a whole different way of life from what I'm used to has been has been really special to me.
0: Thank you so much for uh, sharing your your experiences and your your story with us. Let's finish out the episode with some hot takes. i don't I'm not sure if we have to talk about you know who's who's taking who for the title this year. Kyle, you mentioned Tenerife winning it all. Anthony, you put Bon on top, I think Igor, you did the same, so Maybe let's move on to uh the MVP of the season. As the voting is currently going on. Anthony, what's your who's who's your pick?
1: Uh, I say I say TJ Shorts. I mean, I'm just I'm just a big fan of like looking at the whole body of work. Um, you know, especially over the course of the regular season, because, you know, without without that, there there would be no postseason run. But uh, I think T.J. Shorts has I mean, he's he's done whatever his team is needed. I think he's been the most consistent and uh, highest performing player uh, throughout the entire season. Um, so I, w- I would definitely give him a nod. I would
2: uh, I'll go next Um I see. I feel like you guys aren't going to invite me back because all my answers are biased. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go with my Tenerife guys, man. I'm either going to say, I, I, I'm going to probably say Huertas because I'm I'm voting for Shermadini Medini for the ACB MB, uh, MVP. So for the Champions League, I'm going with Huertas just because he's the he's the orchestrator of that offense and leading a team back to another Final Four and your kind of career highs and points. I think that's that's MVP in my opinion.
0: Fair enough, Igor.
2: I mean, DJ
3: Shorts would be a safe bet here, but you know, like he's done amazing stuff. But you have to consider also guys like Levi Randolph, who has led Jerusalem all season long and basically just got his flowers with the MVP of April award, but. I don't, I don't know, man. I, if 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 Jerusalem Gold, I I kind of think that DJ Shorts will win the MVP of the season, but then he won't necessarily be the MVP of the Final Four. Even if Bond win it, you have guys like Ward, like I don't know Hawkins, who could be the hmm. MVP of the Final Four. Fair, fair.
0: Maybe one last question that we haven't discussed you, at all. You gotta, so. you
1: gotta, you gotta let us know who you' rolling with. You know, you can't. That's you, what you, I was gonna say.
0: Anthony asks me this every single time we do an episode together, and my answer has always been the same, all season all right. long, you, since the first episode. You like episode. To set the
1: table and then run away. You like to set the table and then run away. you, know, you gotta come on, <laughs> sit with us and let us know.
0: No, no, I won't. I won't change my answer, though. Uh, I'm sticking with T.J. Shorts because uh, I I agree with what you said. I feel like he's he's been the most most consistent. I may be a little bit biased because working in the German league, I watched him play there for three seasons now, and he's he's like consistent development um, over these years in the league, and now. Last last year, uh playing um playing with Kraussheim, uh were so like the first year basically playing only the German league. Then last year he played with Kraussheim. he took them to the German Cup final plus the FIBA Europe Cup uh quarterfinals. Then moving to Bonn and taking that next step, leading them to the top of the German league and now to the B C L Final Four. Um I think that is, you know, we're not taking national leagues into consideration here, but I think his performance throughout the BCL speaks for itself. um, And when we talk about regular season, I agree with Igor. There is a a couple of other guys that, especially in the last two months, have challenged him for that title, for sure. But um, as for consistency, I think he's, uh, he's definitely made a name for himself. Throughout the the past few months,
3: I think it's like sixty percent T.J. Shorts, forty percent everybody else. But in terms of the other awards, it's gonna be interesting because uh, Coach of the Year like twenty five percent for these four guys, right?
0: What's gonna uh, be my me? next question? Who you got for uh, Coach of the Year? Because we haven't talked about that one.
3: I, I think I know Kyle's answer to this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with the uh, dark horse. I, I think the coach of bonds done such a great job because it's like, in my opinion, you know, for the last couple years of Champions League, you don't I didn't hear much about bond. So I think now that they're in the competition doing what they've done um, and I don't know the stats on it, but one of their first final fours, I think I think he's got I think you got to reward the underdog in my opinion.
3: Okay. I didn't know the answer. <laughs>
2: hey, hey I, I, maybe I should, re- maybe just don't play that portion on the podcast. I just, cause I want to be on good, good terms with coach Chuce, but I think nice. Chuse, everyone, everyone, everyone knows what he's done as a career. So I think, I think uh, it's only right to share the, share the, share the wealth a little bit.
0: I think I already know Igor's answer though.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Here's the deal. So, At the start of each season we do like an expert's prediction on you know like the team that's gonna win the mvp of the season two players to watch best newcomer and stuff like that and we always have the coach of the year and for the last seven years i got probably like two answers that turned out really well all the others were basically like yeah what's he doing here but at the start of the season, I picked Alexander Jikic as the coach of the season, so I have to stick with it now. <laughs> even if I go. agree with Kyle that Poma has done an amazing job, even if I agree that Chus Lidoreta is arguably the greatest coach that Spanish basketball and the BCL have ever brought us, but since I picked my man Jikic in the first day of the season, I'm going to stick with <laughs> Jikic. You know, I picked I like Marcus it. Foster as the player to watch and he almost made it here, so that, that was two close picks, which is not something that I usually do every season.
0: So I like, Ig- it, I like it. So with Igor picking uh, the best dressed coach of the the BCL, Anthony, who's your pick?
1: I go back. To, I got to go back to bond. He still loves gotta, he's gotta get it. I, I, nobody, I mean, at least I didn't expect bond to be as good as they are this year. Um, you know, they had a crazy win streak. I mean, they, they've done everything. And I think that, you know, even down to, as we mentioned earlier, the roster construction and, and things of that nature, I think they've definitely overachieved in my eyes. And, uh, and I think it, it comes down to uh, like when we had uh, when we had Hawkins on here. I think it comes down to that culture that he's built over there. So uh, I would give it to him. Be a cl- clean sweep, Coach of the Year, MVP, uh, championship, final MVP. You know, Man. be a sweep.
2: Be a sweep. It's a lot of a pre- lot of pressure for them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as Anthony is probably going to want my answer uh, as well on that one. Yes, I'm- definitely. I'm i also going to go with, with Isolo. Actually, I would personally love to see a final of Tous and, and Thomas Isolo coaching against each other and trying to make adjustments because to me, from what we've seen throughout the BCL and what we've seen from their games, um, you know, me... You know, also watching a lot of Tenerife games last season from a a club perspective. This year, watching even more Tenerife games, watching more more bond games. um, These two guys are probably able to make the most adjustments during a game and during such important games. So I would love to see them face up in the finals, but we'll see whatever happens, happens. So...
3: Yeah, but can they swear in Serbian? Come on. Come on. That, that's <laughs> an important fact. If if you want to be a successful European coach, you have to know the Serbian swear words or Croatian or Slovenian,
2: whatever.
1: <laughs> I mean <laughs> Yo, I had a I had a Serbian friend translate some of the cuss words like in English. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like it doesn't even make sense. But you can tell it's no. disrespectful. On a different level. It's a different level of disrespectful.
3: Yeah, I mean, in, yeah. in terms of in terms of that, in the BCL, we had Dario Drezia. Basically, every single time out, is a, it's gold for me because I understand we're from Croatia, both of us. So I understand when he's doing the Croatian part, <laughs> when he's doing the English part. Amazing coaching. That's all I got to say. And it's a joy that every time that I meet some of the players who played under him, like, I mean, players from the Netherlands or players from Finland, who come up to me and say a couple of words in Croatian, not nice words. <laughs> but that, that's kind of the signature move of all Balkan coaches. You know, you have to know your words.
0: <laughs> so you guys are telling me that Finnish doesn't sound intimidating enough? or? <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, joining me. And the BCL, basically, on this episode of the Basketball Champions League Buzzer Beater Podcast. To everyone's listening out there, make sure you either go to Malaga, spend a nice weekend vacation in one of the most beautiful cities in Spain. It's going to be a huge basketball festival from May 12th to 14th. Make sure you join us either there or online on your TVs and uh we're looking forward to celebrating uh either a new or uh a two-time actually three-time champion this year in the bcl so uh hear from you soon and uh make sure to also obviously leave some reviews if you have any good or bad we'll take it all uh and hear you next time bye good afternoon good evening good morning